Welcome to this Family and Community Strengthening Forum. I'm your host, Richard Urban. Come on up, Stace. And uh, Stacey's our lovely co-host. So, um, okay. We're here at the beautiful Peace Kingdom Center in Historic Harpers Ferry. We're high up on the Shenandoah Mountain. And uh, so those who are here, welcome. And, you know, thank you also for those who are joining us on online. We're grateful you could be, could be here. And we're uh, thankful for that. So today I'll be your um, first speaker. And I'll be also giving the like premise for this forum today. So we'll get uh, started. So the premise is, and this is something that, you know, I'm hoping or asked all the speakers to, you know, include at least uh, in some aspect to break the generational cycle of outside of wedlock birth. We need a revolution of abstinence centered education. Parents should present the expectation of sexual absence before marriage to their children, regardless of whether or not they abstain themselves. They should think about what is best for their children's future and speak honestly about their own situation. School and community-based programs, such as urban life training, can back up parents in making this revolution. In one generation, this can break the cycle of outside of wedlock births and all of the related personal and societal consequences. So this is an article from the local paper, The Spirit of Jefferson and Farmers Advocate here in Jefferson County, West Virginia. This is from November 2nd of this month. Former Jefferson High teacher guilty of having sex with student. A former Jefferson High school te health teacher pleaded guilty I was convicted Tuesday of 13 felonies for engaging in multiple sex acts last year with one of his students. Two of the teacher's sex acts with the 17-year-old female student occurred in May 2021 in a storage room and a bathroom at the high school during school hours. Other convicted sexual acts include rendezvous at two homes in Jefferson County, occurred last year from April to August. Willie Edward Belmonte Jr., 35, of Charlestown, faces pos the possibility of serving as many as 235 years in prison, according to court documents. Jefferson County Circuit Court Judge Deborah McLaughlin is scheduled to hand down a sentence in the case on December 15th. A background report on his past life will be conducted to help McLaughlin decide what sentence to impose. Belmonte pleaded guilty to eight counts of sexual abuse by a person in a position of trust, three counts of using obscene material to seduce a minor, and two counts of using a computer to solicit a minor. In court, Assistant Prosecuting Attorney Greg Jones outlined a police investigation that relied on the victim's statements, recovered photos and videos, and cell phone location data. Two students who are friends of the student involved first reported Belmonte's sexual encounters to a school police officer. The girl then admitted the relationship to the police. His voice faltered while recounting in, in court to McLaughlin each felony charge he pleaded guilty to. Belmonte admitted to sharing sexually explicit photos and videos of himself to interest the student into engaging in the illicit sexual encounters. 
Belmonte, who's married, sent the girl sexy, explicit photos and videos of himself over a mobile phone, according to police. He also allegedly arranged to have sex with the girl at a Charlestown home and another home in Ranson that he was temporarily watching for a friend away on vacation. So this is the uh, now to give a little more background. This is a teacher. So on January 6, 2021, I went or well, I attended rather online this Board of Education meeting. And there I was talking about um, why the uh, sexual education curriculum that they were discussing. Well, first of all, that it was approved by the SECUS, which is a very pro homosexual transgender organization. And they're very open about that. I was wondering why they were choosing such a curriculum. And also, I was generally emphasizing how the curricula chosen should be absence centered. So then what happened is in response, and it does not say this in the article, but obviously this is what happened. This teacher, Willie Belmonte, made comments in response to me saying that we should have absence centered education. So and according to this article, a little further on, about three months later, he was, you know, started this uh, relationship with this girl at the school. So let's have a listen to his comments here. Um, Willie Belmonte, Jefferson High School. Um, I just wanted to address some of the misconceptions that came out earlier, even even with the idea of not adopting the full textbook. Um, we have been teaching abstinence in this state for the better part of the last 50 years, and yet we remain in the lower 45, uh, or the if 45 ranked or lower every year in teenage pregnancy. Um, so that's just not working. Um, biology overtakes. It doesn't matter um, your religion or your teachings at home. At some point, biology overtakes. Um, the, nat the nurture, nature overcomes nurture. Um, Dr. Raul Gupta, who was the former commissioner of the West Virginia DHHR, uh, says that it's critical that we should have proper education provided to teens of childbearing age so that they don't suffer the same health and economic and social consequences. So the idea that if we strictly teach um, abstinence, things will get better is, is unequivocally false. Also coming from, uh, this is my first year here in Jefferson County, despite having graduated here, I started my teaching career in Frederick, Maryland. Maryland, much more progressive in the state standards as far as um, pregnancy and um, teaching contraceptive as young as the eighth grade, um, which even then statistics show us may be a little late to be teaching. But Maryland, um, as opposed to West Virginia in terms of state uh, teen birth rate is, is halved. There's just no reason to still be in this ancient way of thinking that we shouldn't be teaching anything but abstinence because it's just not feasible. The audacity of this guy. So here's a guy who's, you know, speaking out, this teacher against absence education. And then he's actually, you know, like three months later. Well, we don't know if there's things going on we don't know about soliciting sex from a student. I mean, this to me is just like 
if if you're wondering what's wrong in public schools or what's this like just like disconnect of values like i mean of course we should be teaching children you know that they should abstain from sex for marriage and that's what parents want so let's let's explore that topic a little more i'm going to share a few of the materials that we've used over many years you know in teaching the urban life training program which is an absence centered you know education program geared for especially like middle and high school uh, students although a lot of information is good for any anyone really you know of uh, a young adults too so in in the program these are some, as i said some of the slides like we're talking about what is you know true true freedom how do you achieve true freedom not the kind of freedom like where you would get a high from a drug or some kind of a temporary pleasure but you know really be free to pursue your goals and be successful in life this is a, a slide we have a lot of reality-based slides this talks about the stages of hiv disease like how at first when you're infected there would be no uh, visible um, symptoms and that could go on for like two to seven years and then in the latter part of the disease you would see weight loss diarrhea fatigue fever night sweats swollen lymph nodes so you know if you're looking at someone can you tell like if they have a sexually transmitted disease and specifically hiv or aids and no then generally they classify when you have a number your white blood cell count is low and you are infected with different uh, opportunistic diseases. They call that disease AIDS. But anyway, uh, this is something that's not apparent, you know, if you're just looking at someone and people may not know they're infected. This is showing um, effects of other sexually transmitted diseases. Like here, we have a uterus that's infected and pussy, and this is a cervix that's infected. You see the pus on the Q-tip there. And chlamydia is very infectious. There's about a 50% chance of getting it, you know, per sexual encounter. It causes painful pee, itching, and discharge, but often it's invisible. So people may not know they're infected. And without treatment, it could lead to pelvic inflammatory disease. But pelvic inflammatory disease you know, means that the um, fallopian tubes become blocked and then, you know, a woman may not be able to become pregnant. So she could be uh, sterile, unable to have children. So some 35,000 teens and young adults are infected with an STD each day, every day they're, you know, infected. That includes 10,000 teens. <laughs> that's just in the United States here. Clearly, that's a, that's a huge number. This slide shows a study at a Midwest high school of some 600 plus students where they did an anonymous like a survey and they asked uh, students to track their sexual encounters. And you see here the pink dots are girls and the blue dots are boys. So do you think like if the one I'm pointing to in the bottom, say this girl, if she had a relationship with this one guy, do you think she knew that she was connected to 
287 other people? Do you think she would know that? I don't think so. Because she only had this one sexual encounter with this boy. But actually, he had a sexual encounter with this girl and this boy, girl with this boy and so on. So if one of these people say over here, this girl or guy here had, say, gonorrhea or some sexually transmitted disease, could it be passed along? Well, yes, it can. However, there are about half of the students who aren't on this chart because, you know, they're not having sex and therefore they're not at any any risk at all. So that's too crazy. I don't think anyone would think that was the case, you know, if you interviewed any of these students individually. What about using condoms? That's a common thing you hear in uh, sexual health education. Oh, use a condom. What they do provide partial protection against sexually transmitted diseases, about 80% risk reduction for HIV, 50% risk reduction for gonorrhea, chlamydia, gel herpes, HPV, and syphilis. But overall, is that really a good risk reduction or not? I would say that's not very good. You know, 50%, that's a low, even 80%. You want to take a 20% risk of getting a disease that can be fatal or that can permanently affect, you know, your future or your fertility. One of the things we uh, do is um, have a refusal skills, um, how do you say, practice. Or we have a number of activities, you know, we don't have time to go over them now, where we have peer counselors who lead sessions about learning refusal skills and resisting peer pressure. So here we would ask a, a girl and a guy to come up to do this role play. I love you. Don't you love me? If you love me, you'd respect me. I don't need to prove my love. I can't stop. I don't think you'll be so turned on if I get pregnant and you have to support a baby in high school. Come on, everybody's doing it. Now with me, I'm not everybody. You can trust me. I do trust you to stop pressuring me. Another important point point or part of helping youth, you know, move in the right direction is to help them to think about, you know, what are your goals? Where are you headed in your life? And considering where you're headed or where you want to head, what kind of decisions do you want to make? So if it were guaranteed that you could accomplish any five goals in your life and only those five goals, what would they be? Think about these points. What kind of person do you want to be? Whom do you admire? What kind of family do you want to have? What kind of job or career? So then we, you know, give the uh, students time to think about what um, their five goals are that they want to accomplish in the next five to 10 years. And then we give them a chance to uh, share those if they want to. So that's a really, obviously, really good activity. And then there's another activity that follows up on that, guarding, the guarding your future activity. How would these goals be affected if you became a teen parent or developed a serious cancer 
or sexually transmitted disease that affected your ability to have children. So, I mean, that's a good point. Say you, you got a, um, HIV or AIDS or just a gonorrhea or chlamydia, or you, know, you, you had public inflammatory disease, how could that affect your future? Is that a chance you wanna take? So then we ask, ask you know, the youth to um, consider that. Teen drinking leads to 60% of teens STD infections. So basically, well, so why do you think that is? We asked the students and, you know, you can reply too if you want. Why would um, teen drinking lead to 60% of teen STD infections? Right, your inhibitions are down. So, so that's really, um, that's a, a pun intended sobering, sobering statistic. I mean, really. And we know that's true, but yet do, those things happen all the time. But that's something you don't want to, you know, put yourself in that position. So we all desire love. But there's confusion about what love really is. Is it just, you know, love just feelings? Well, a survey of college women which was asking what do women seek for in a man, these women chose good character. First of all, good character. Also, secondly, emotional stability and maturity and positive outlook and optimism as most important in a potential mate. More important than large income or good looks. So a lot of times, um, if someone has a sexual relationship, does that really mean that love is involved? Not really. Not, not really. Not necessarily at all. In fact, that might ruin what was a good friendship, having a sexual relationship. One in two boys, half of boys said, they never really thought about what my life would be like if I got someone pregnant as a teen. Sometimes a guy will say to a girl, or it could be vice versa, I love you. Being in love for now is with you. I love you, your body, as long as you're not pregnant. I love you as long as you give me what I want. I love you until someone else better comes along. I love you, your bling bling, popularity, fame, clothes, money. So, but are these things really love? No. That's not love. Isn't love honest? Shouldn't it be honest? Ask yourself, is this really in the best long-term interest of the one I love? If you're not willing to ask this question, don't say you love someone. Maybe it's lust or infatuation. So there is a place, all cultures traditionally recognize the importance of marriage as the best place to raise children that may be created through or will be created through the relationship of the man and the woman and to give them a stable, loving home. That's why every culture you know, throughout the world recognize, recognizes marriage. And that's certainly a goal that is attainable. And in fact, believe it or not, there is actually a strong pro-marriage belief among youth. 91% of youth 
and young adults ages 13, 24 agree getting married would make me happy. So isn't that something that's really worth working for in your life? And as you think about, you know, what your goals are and what you'd like to do or not do. Who has the best sex? Swinging singles? This is a survey of like 30,000 couples. Those who live together but aren't faith are not married, married but not faithful or having different affairs or married and faithful. What do you think? And now everybody answers the correct answer. There. That is true. What about fatherless children? What if, you know, a father is not around to raise his child? Isn't he really missing out on one of the greatest experiences of his life? Definitely. And that's, but that's often the case of father is not involved when, you know, they're not married. A child has been created. That's very common. This is a success formula. If you graduate from high school, get a full-time job, and wait until 21 and married before having children, then there's only a 2% chance that you'll live in poverty. If you don't follow any of those rules, there's a 74% chance. So, I mean, even that's something that should be really common sense is something that I believe we should emphasize a lot more for our children. This should be, you know, education that all youth get. Like, wow, you know, don't have children until you're married. That's part of the success formula, as well as finishing high school, get a full-time job. So that's super important. We talk about, you know, asking the students to think about, are they ready to be a parent? And ask them, like, considering what, well, what kind of qualities or values do you need to be a good parent? And then we get them to... Uh, we write these down on the board or paper and then share those and then ask the students, you know, considering all these things. And so typical responses might be things like, of course, part of it might be like being able to financially provide for your family or, you know, being able to uh, give a proper discipline for your children and things like that. And being a, res a responsible person overall. So if you consider these various points, are you ready to be a parent right now? And actually, I don't think I've had one student say, oh yeah, I'm ready to be a parent right now. So, I mean, these things, you know, need to be emphasized. So this is explaining more about what I, what I just said. Write down 10 resources and qualities needed for parenthood. Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 for each of the qualities. Do you have any work to do? So all the students say, yes, you know, they need to, they're not ready to be a parent right now. Well, if you've already had sex, well, six in 10 sexually active teens regretted it and wish they'd waited. 85% of teens believe sex should occur, only occur in long-term relationships. So you can also stop from this point on. You could be a secondary virgin. You could wait from this point on. What's the greatest gift you can give to your future children? The gift of two married parents who love their child and each other. This is some of the youth we've worked with in Washington, D.C. Those who do make a pledge of abstinence delay 
27 months longer and are more likely to graduate from high school, college and make more money. So we offer the youth a chance to sign a pledge of absence as part of our program. And if they're in the urban life training as a club, star leadership club, then they would you know, also sign that pledge as part of that. That's one of the students on the left and her husband. Uh, she waited, Sharnetta Tyler. She's a graduate of East Senior High School. She also went to Harvard University and she believes she was worth waiting for. Congratulations. She has a couple, two children now. You would uh, tell the kids that abstinence is the best way. I think that's raising the kids' standards and having them to come up to a certain standard, okay? When you say that they're going to have sex anyway, I think that you're actually lowering the, the kids' standards and you're expecting a little out of the child. So I think that abstinence is the right way and you're, you're, you're setting up high standards and that's what we want for our kids, high standards. Um, I mean, if you already messed up and had children and stuff, I mean, you sh you should just, you know, I'm not saying it can't get better for you, but just tell your children, you know, that you made the, don't make the same mistake as you made. They are doing all sorts of things that uh, could maybe endanger their lives or put them in situations that they probably wouldn't want to be in with maybe drugs, with gangs, and also with, uh, you know, just being out there sexually active, okay, or getting an STD. So I think the, uh, the program emphasis is on abstinence, and I think that's very good for the kids in uh, Washington, D.C. Do something different than what we've been doing because what we've been doing ain't working. There's a start, you know. We just, a lot of times that's all somebody needs a start. You know, all the team choice, give these kids a start. They give them another option. Every child deserves to have this option available to them at some point. And the ones who do is better for it. And the ones who don't is missing out. It, they're missing out. They're missing out on some great information. And who know, who knows how many kids we probably could have saved from uh, becoming HIV positive, or or one of the young ladies we might have could have saved from getting pregnant had she had information. Because as we know, every home the parent there's not a parent that's giving out information. Our basic mission is that Urban Life Training raises youth leaders to develop good character and to model and teach about the benefits of sexual abstinence in preparation for marriage and successful family formation. We provide directive absence-centered health education through our community network of trained parents and community leaders. So you can also start this program in your community. In fact, that's our model. We have all the materials. You can subscribe to our website. You'll find the uh, training there uh, on the materials we were just reviewing and all the materials you need. And you can get started in your own community and provide this as a third-party provider for your local schools. And I hope you agree that this is a critical education. So as I just said, urban life training chapters carry out the urban life training mission in their local areas. And this is our vision. You can find that on our website. And then finally, there's a resolution for adoption of character and absence-based sexual health education. Um, you can also find that on our website and blog. Whereas parents are the primary teachers of their children, and whereas virtually all parents want their children to abstain from sexual activity while of school age, and being that the purpose of sexual health education is to help you succeed in life, and whereas premature sexual activity is correlated with increased use of alcohol and drugs, poor academic performance, emotional stress, 
increased risk of suicide, infection with sexually transmitted diseases, and unwanted pregnancy be adhered by resolve by the Jefferson County Board of Education that the primary purpose of all sexual health curricula in Jefferson County will be to teach the benefits of abstaining from all types of sex activity and physical sexual contact while of school age. Marriage will be presented as an attainable goal in the appropriate and morally acceptable place for sex activity when we become legal adults, and also as the most beneficial arrangement for the children that may be born to married parents. Since the discussion of same-sex attraction, gender identity is not conducive to these goals, and same-sex attraction cannot be confirmed without physical sexual contact, these topics will not be included in the sexual education curriculum. Further, the prevention of child abuse through affirming each child's agency is an important goal of sexual health education. Therefore, young children will be taught that no one should touch them in the areas covered by their bathing suit. Older children will be taught that no one should touch their sexual organs or other body parts in any way inappropriately. Okay, that's my presentation for today. I hope you found that um, enlightening and uh, something that you know, you will consider strongly having in your own community. We have everything available so you can uh, do that.